Thanks for joining us today as you listen to a portion of a message recorded at Vine Life Church in Boulder, Colorado. If you'd like to connect with us further, you can visit us online at www.vinelife.com. Be great to give to us this morning that the Lord is speaking through her, okay? So would you help me welcome Amy Robertson. Good morning. It's Amy Joyner now, but that's okay. And just real quick, um, I don't know if the print was wrong or what, but that unveiling the conference is actually June 7th and 8th, not the 17th and 18th. So you just want to make sure that you get your dates right. I don't don't know if you're like me. If you have kids, you got to schedule those sitters out and everything. Um, I'm going to just get my little notes out because I'm not as high tech as... My brother and dad. I worry about electronics burning out on me, you know. Um, I like to go with what's secure, you know. All right, it's good to be here. And I am just so excited to share with you. But before I do, I just kind of wanted to, I don't know, I want to show you a couple pictures of a few things that are going on in my life. And last time I spoke, it was about 11 and a half months ago to today. I was four months along with the triplets then. And I just looked like I was like six months pregnant. This first shot is me two days before I delivered. And so it's interesting. When I found out I was pregnant, the Lord gave me two words. The first was, I'm pouring out my extravagance on you. (laughs) I thought, okay, cool, I'm pregnant, yeah, yay, God. And then the second was, don't have a spirit of fear. And I thought, God, I'm not going to be scared, even though it took us seven years to have kids. I'm not going to be scared. You gave me this baby. I'm like, I have faith. And then about six and a half weeks along, we went to the doctor, and the doctor hits the nurse and says, did you see that? And I'm like, what the? And he runs out of the room brings in some paperwork and says, this doesn't make sense. And then he goes, okay, let me tell you what's going on here. We have baby A, we have baby B, and we have baby C. And I went, what? That is extravagant. You shouldn't have. Like, you know that moment where you're like, you really shouldn't have. Like... Like when grandma brings that horrible marshmallow jello to the Christmas dinner, you're like, you really shouldn't have grandma, thanks. You know, you slip it to the cat. Um, I just was like, ah. And then I went home and I'm like pacing like this. Like, and I'm like, what do I got to do? And I'm like, okay, God said, don't have a spirit of fear. Who can help me not have a spirit of fear? So I, I did what any girl would do. I called her daddy. And I called my dad up and I just said, dad, like, How is this going to work? I'm little. Like, I can't do that. I don't have childbearing hips, you know? And dad just said, you know, he's so steady and just in his Walt-esque way said, "Um, honey, just take it a day at a time and the Lord will give you the grace that you need and, and it'll be okay. And we hung up the phone after he prayed for me. And then I found out the next day he hung up the phone and looked at my mom and sister and said, she gonna do this (laughs) and so we all were trying to have faith but 
Most of you didn't get to see me at the end, and I just was like, whew. And then the next shot is just, it's actually just a recent shot, and it's us after a Sunday afternoon just hanging out on the bed. And, and I like these shots much more. I'm like, whew. You know, somebody said, well, just enjoy the pregnancy because, you know, it's going to be crazy when they come. And that's true. But at least I have a fighting chance, right? They're not in me. I told my husband... I know what it's like to be blown up from the inside out now. And so they're just the light of our life. And, and I, I also just, he went home with the babies. My husband was here first service. But I just want to take this opportunity to honor my husband. Um, you know, when you find out you're pregnant with multiples, everybody likes to tell you all the statistics and give you the bad news. And, and I found out that within the first few years of having multiples, parents have even a 50% higher chance of divorce than a typical couple because of the stress and demands on them. And, and I just have to tell you, yeah, there's tough moments. But man, my husband kept saying when we found out, we are supposed to thrive in this season. We're not just supposed to survive. We are to thrive in everything that the Lord gives us. And so he has been so faithful to love me when I'm weak and to serve me. I mean, when I was that big, I couldn't do anything. And he would work all day and come home and make dinner and care for me. And and even yesterday, he let me sleep in. And when I woke up, he said, here's your coffee. Go practice your message. And he is just... The love that the Lord has put between us has been something that has been growing over the last 10 years, and he is just my dream. So praise God for that. All right. Love him. Um, so I'm going to pray, and let's jump into the word. Are you guys ready? Father, have your way with us this morning. You're good. You're trustworthy. Open our hearts. Lord, I just thank you that there's nothing more important than the transformation that you have for us today. Lord, that your love is sweet. It's safe. In Jesus' name, amen. So last week, Luke talked about that we are chosen that we have the inheritance of an heir. It's not just, oh, you're adopted out of charity. It's, uh uh-uh. You are chosen, you are brought into the family line, and you are grafted in. And you don't need to be insecure about anything because you are a son. Amen? That's good. Thanks, Luke. Um, And this morning, I feel like the Lord wants us to take a look at being a family, okay? Because if I'm a daughter of that king and you're a son of that king, that makes us siblings, right? Right? That makes us the biggest blended family ever, okay? We are a melting pot of backgrounds and gifts and upbringings and cultures in this church alone which is a very small drop in the bucket of the body of Christ we have people from different countries we have people that can speak different languages there are artists in this room that can think 
beyond me. I mean, I, I see the work that Jared Renard does, and I go, wow, that's so creative. And, and there's musicians, and, and there's businessmen in this room. And they know how to take an idea and just make it blow up and thrive and get people's attention. There are teachers in this room. There are mothers and daughters and sons and all different ages. And we're all in a different point in owning our sonship and letting the love of the Father come in and transform us. So if we're a family and we're this huge melting pot, how do we relate to one another? Because as, as romantic as that is, and he is a romantic king, that is a complicated family, right? And if I have seen the enemy work in any way in the body of Christ since I've grown up and gone on missions around the world, it's this. He may not be able to keep you from coming to church. He may not be able to keep you from leaving your family. But if he can isolate your heart and slip judgments and slip resentment and slip anxiety and fear, and if he can get you to stay there, then he's done a really good job. And so many times, we, in our walk with the Father, we focus on, God, where's my ministry? Where's my ministry? Where's my call? Where's my call? What are you doing? When are you going to use me for miracles? And what we fail to remember is that the Father cares way more about the condition of our hearts and the condition of our family life than he cares about our accomplishments. And, and it's, but it's natural, right? Like as a woman, when another confident woman comes in the room and she has her shoulders back and she's owning that room, you know what I'm talking about, girls. And you're like, you're like, I can't even stand to be around her because she's just, really, she's what you want to be, but you haven't gotten there. And so you just distance your heart from that person, Because you want to be around people that are a little bit more like you, that make you a little bit more comfortable. And today, I'm going to challenge that natural response. And I'm going to say that in those moments when your heart is unexpectedly tweaked and offended, do you guys know what I'm talking about? That instead of letting your heart go to that place of isolation, that you would press into the Spirit that you would press into the Father and ask him how he wants you to love that person, how he wants you to walk from here out. This subject is so important to me. This is kind of, honestly, my life's subject, like love and family. And I really think that it comes from my parents. Growing up in a family of 12 children, not to mention all the adopted kids we have and family members and you guys, you know, I mean, my parents taught us that our church family is our family. And, and, you know, there was lots of opportunity for conflicts and frustration between one another. And my, my parents and my mom, who was there, you know, the full-time parent, she, I can't believe she listened to all the conversations she did. But she would let us kids come to her and just share our hearts. And it was a safe place. And with the Father, you can be real. You can say, God, I'm 
frustrated. My heart is so frustrated with this person right now. I don't know what to do. It's okay to be honest. I'm not telling you to put on a happy face and say, I love you, I love you. No. But what I'm saying is, in those moments, be honest and press into the spirit. And my mom, she was so good. In those moments, she would say, listen, and she'd go, okay. Well, you know how 1 John 3.16 says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. And then she would say, and remember in 2 Corinthians 5 when, when it talks about not seeing your brother or sister through the world's eyes, but putting on the mind of Christ and evaluating them through the love of God. And, and then she would say, have you prayed about this? Have you asked the Father to give you his perspective in loving your brother or sister? And I would be like, I don't need to pray about it. She lied. She cheated. She stole. I don't want to be around her. You know, you know. And she would go, oh, honey, let's just pray. Because I think that the Lord wants to use this. And so she would pray for us. And in that time, in my immaturity, I didn't realize what was happening, but as I've, as I've pursued a relationship with the Father, what she was doing is instead of letting my emotions and my frustrations and control me, she was teaching me to let those raw emotions lead me into the presence of God to help me be who I've called to be in the kingdom. Okay? It's so, so important. And Colossians 3 puts it like this. So chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, and discipline. Be even-tempered, content with second place quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. And regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic, all-purpose garment. Never be without it. Amen. That is a culture, church. That is a culture that will transform Towns, the world, nations. And then let's just recap what love is, what this all-purpose garment is. It's in 1 Corinthians 13. This is like my life chapter. I could, mm, I love it. It says, love is patient. It is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. And it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. It's, it's the only way to be who we're called to be. 
It's the only way to be the bride. We don't have any other option. 1 Corinthians 13 goes on to say, if you don't love, it's worthless. And I'm not talking about loving conditionally. I'm talking about loving freely. And the first step to that is you can't give away what you don't have. That's why it's important to recognize you're chosen and you're loved and you're a son. That's why we've been sitting there and sitting there. And I know some of you are going, where's the new subject? No, 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 you don't understand. If you don't have that, you can't give it away. Okay? And today, if you want to be that kingdom that you keep dreaming about, if you want to be the the whole thing that, that brought you to Christ in the first place, you have to walk from a place of love and compassion. And it, it's not based on whether they deserve it. It's not based on whether they're functional or dysfunctional. It's just purely, I love you. I'm willing to be second place. I'm willing to lay down my life for you. That is what Jesus did for us. And that's what we're called to do in the body. This doesn't just... I'm going to hit this, and I wasn't planning on it. This doesn't just mean here. When you go home, you are called to love freely with your family. It doesn't matter if they're performing the way that they should. It doesn't matter if, they, if you think that they're the star spouse or son or daughter. You are to build them up for everything good that they're doing and let the Father mold them in every other area. And as a parent, he will give you the wisdom and the guidance on how to love them and shape them and mold them. But you got to move from a place of love in the body of Christ. Romans 12.9 says this, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Can you imagine if Vine Life and Northern Hills and Crossroads and Flatirons and New Creation and Life Bridge and all those churches, Rocky Mountain, can you imagine if we had individuals in entire churches say, you know what, it doesn't matter what feels natural to us. We're going to trust the Father and press in to this spirit of love. We're going to let the Father's love wash over us. And we're just going to, we're just going to try this for a while. We're just going to love deeply. We're not going to let our hearts get isolated. We're not going to be like this in relationships and only hang around people who make us feel comfy. What if we were each other's best cheerleaders? What if you knew when you walked in a place that you were going to be encouraged by the people that you were around, that you didn't have to worry about being perfect, that, that you knew that you, the iron sharpening iron, when you get offended, that it's just an opportunity to grow and love each other. There are people, you know, my closest friends and most of them are in the room right now, I have given them permission to say, hey, if you see me functioning from something that's unhealthy, you call me to the carpet because I know I'm safe with you. I know it's okay, and I want to be all that I'm called to be. This area I mentioned earlier is something that God just is 
it's something that you just relearn and relive. And, and there was a time in my life where the Lord really taught me that I needed to be second place in just love. And that was in my marriage. Um, we, my husband and I had moved away, and we were in our first year of marriage. And as it typically happens, I realized that we have issues. And, and the thing was, I, I knew this whole covenant thing. I knew the commitment I had made. And so it kind of scared me. And I wanted to fix our issues. I was really worried that he couldn't be the man that he was supposed to be for me and our future kids. And so I decided that I was going to go to him. I, and I, I, you know, my mom taught me how to talk with honor, and I was going to do the perfect wife thing, and I was going to fix us, right? I was going to let him know it's broken, we'll work on it, and yay. Well, I went to him. <sighs> I think I probably got pretty. Went to him and said, honey these areas are really hurting me and bothering me and I'm unfulfilled and I think we need to fix them. Well, his wall went and I felt totally rejected. And that conversation happened over and over and over again. And over time, it pushed us further and further apart. Because I just needed these areas fixed. After one of these horrible emotional conversations, I um, was journaling and praying and just, just asking the Father to help me in my self-pity. And the spirit just interrupted me. Just said, Amy, do you trust me? Well, yeah, God, I trust you. He said, uh-uh. Do you trust me with your husband and the relationships I've put in your life? Do you trust me? Yes, Lord, I trust you. Do you trust me to mold him to be all that I've called him to be. And I thought about it and I said, yeah, you're probably the best one for that. (laughs) I mean, I have some good advice, but. (laughs) Um, And then he said, I want you to be what you're called to be in this relationship. I want you to be love instead of demanding love. I want you to be love instead of demanding love. And if and when it's time for you to speak up as your father, I will let you know. But I got this. You're his wife. I want you to build up every good thing he's doing. If the only good thing he does that day is go to work and come home. When he comes home, I want you to say, baby, Thank you for going to work. I love you. If all he does is take a shower, I want you to say, thank you for not smelling. I love how good your deodorant is, okay? 
And it was this moment where it sounds funny and it is good. But for me, I started getting what Christ did. He denied himself. He was okay with second place. He was okay having a spirit of humility and quiet strength and disciplined. He was okay with being even-tempered. He was okay with forgiving me freely so that the love in our relationship could bloom. And so I committed to that. And it was tough at times. It hurt at times. But the father said, come to me. I will fill you up with my love. I will fulfill every area that feels forgotten to you. I satisfy. I'm the only thing that satisfies. Everything else is imitation. Everything else is a bonus. I'm the only thing that satisfies. Love him. Six months into that process, and I didn't tell him about this conversation with God. I was was afraid I couldn't do it. And he came to me and he said, baby, things are getting so much better. Like, look at our marriage. Look at how I'm so happy. Like, life is good. We're not arguing. There's not tension. Like, look how great we've grown. And then he said, last thing he said was, don't you think these areas have gotten better? And he specifically pointed out the areas that I struggled with. And I said, the Holy Spirit said, you can be honest. And I said, honey, for me, no. But I love you. And I know that the Lord is in our relationship. And I am trusting that he's working it all out. From that moment on, I had my husband's ear and I had his heart. And our marriage has never been the same. We both have committed to one another to love from a place of being second best. That he lifts me up and I lift him up. And from that place is a place where a mature love of the father can grow. And guys, coming from the most stressful year of our relationship to this point and being able to look at him and say, I love you more. We're thriving. Thank you. The love that he shows me is all I ever wanted. And it comes from the love of the Father. If we get here as a church and in our families, that is the, what will sustain a move of the Father. That will sustain revival. That will sustain a culture. But we have to be able to love from that place. Worship team, would you come? So my question to you is when you feel isolated, when you feel like you want to pull back, are you willing to give the Father permission to remind you to press in and obey.
There is no greater love than this. But it takes sons and daughters willing to say yes. So this morning, if as I'm speaking, you feel like, I need to love deeper. I need to stop letting my heart be isolated. Some of you in this room, you don't even give yourself the time to build relationships and love. Some of you in this room, you love God, but you're a little afraid of his body. And so you come in church, you receive the word, and you run out before people can get your name or your address. You're like, I'm out of here. And the father's been knocking on your door saying, I want you to be a part of the family. You didn't just accept me. You accepted the family of God. And you need to decide this morning, yes, I'm a part of this family. I belong. Others in here, you've been around and you've been engaged, but you have allowed your heart to distance yourself from people that you don't understand or people who challenge you or people who intimidate you or people who you don't think see you. That Jason, he's just too busy for me. He doesn't see me. I tried to make eye contact 10 times. I just joking. I like to pick on him. Um, But you let these things isolate your heart. And those could be the key people that could help set you free. You know, that's exactly what happened with my brother. Our entire lives, it was like we coexisted, but there wasn't this. And I thought, well, he's just a punk. That's really what I thought. And I would think, you guys want to hear something really immature? I would think, they didn't see him when he had zits. I did. He's not that cool. And, and I would let the heart be isolated. You guys want to know something? Jason, he's not just my brother now. He's a spiritual father. And it wasn't until I got that lesson and I loved my brother without expectations. He didn't have to give me anything, but I just loved him when I could that our relationship grew and he has been a key. He has been a key in setting me free and helping me come into my own as a woman in the kingdom. But you got to guard your heart, not from people, but from the lies of the enemy you got to guard your heart and let the love of the Father fill you up and do a new thing. So this morning, if you resonate with this and you say, God, I need more, do more in me. We're going to let the family minister to one another. So if that's you, stand up. Say, God, yes. Even though it's tough, yes, I'll do it. Go ahead, stand up. There's no better time than this. There's no better time than to let the love of the Father come in, fill you up so you can give it away. So if someone's standing around you, I want you to lay hands on them and I want you to pray and just say, Father, minister to every, every broken part. God, 
we just say yes, clean us out. We all have your love if we've accepted you, Christ. So anything that's in the way of that, anything that's fogging that up, Lord, we push it away. We say yes in the name of Jesus. Do it again. Do it again. Set us free, Father. Lord, your spirit, your love is all we need. God, help us be the family that you've called us to be. Help us love each other with a sincere love, Father. Ones that can stand the test of time. Ones that we can look back and say, our love has matured. Lord, thank you. In Jesus' name.